every week when we have to do the intro three or four times before someone gets it right. Yeah, this is this is everyone listening in going, oh my god, how amateurish are these guys? Well, they probably. I'm gonna take over. Anyway. I got it. Oh, we got a new landlord. We do. Thank fuck for that. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Hi and welcome to the podcast, where everything flows fast, frictionless, and may have dealer installed markup and pinstriping. Today we'll be talking about Ryan's new ride, weird UK options for paying for cars, and some very interesting Ford news. I'm your landlord, Chris Reed. Joining me today is Ryan Dodds, Rick Hendricks, and two-time backseat makeout champion, Alan Bl- That's how you do it. First take. That's how you do it. First take. There you go. I smashed it. Well done. More than happy for Chris to do the intros and just to do everything quite frankly yeah, me too i'll second I'll, I'll, I'll... see i thought you were supposed to be the salesperson suave smooth <laughs> all the personality Ryan. yeah maybe he's on like a, a monday afternoon but as it gets to friday afternoon not so much all the grumpiness so if i'm taking over as landlord i gotta ask uh what uh what drinks are you buying tonight uh, we'll start with ryan it's not with me right next to me, but on the bench is a bottle of Asahi. Is that how you pronounce it? I, like the berry? Asai? No, it's the Japanese, Japanese beer. Kai, what okay. is it? It's a, Japanese it's a what? Beer. Japanese beer. It's lovely. Really nice. Is it? It's still beer. Yeah. I've never had That's, that. You should. If you can get it in the US, it's lovely. It's um, yeah, very little, crisp. Fresh. Don't sell double they don't sell proper beer in the u.s really do they i i mean they've, they've there's a lot of microbreweries but if you're trying to get stuff from other places that's the problem so uh there's a lot of options if you're looking for local stuff uh and since we're talking about local stuff i am drinking um northwoods brewings trappers pack new england ipa it is not a double <laughs> ipa i don't even know what the percentage is but um 6.4 percent so super good um alan what do you got well, I've got a local um, from England. It's called Vericchio Angelo Poretti. Typical <laughs> English beer. And, and, that, and that's from England, right? Yeah, yeah. It says Birra Italiana Premium. So, yeah, it's just something you can get in, in England. If it, look, it, do you know what? Italian what? beer from England. Perfect. Do you know what? I haven't got my glasses on. But if you actually read the back, right, it says lager brewed and bottled in the UK by... Carlsberg, Marston's Brewing Co. So, although it's branded as Italian lager, it's British. Just saying, brewed in the UK. Well, hang, so hang on, Carlsberg, right? So that's UK beer, uh, US beer. Uh, Carlsberg's Danish. Is, is it everything? That uh, is, yeah, Car- a- is a- Car- yeah, AB InBev, right? Carlsberg is a Danish brewery. Oh, well, if it's Bevit, then it's Belgian Dutch. But I'm just saying think... it's brewed in the UK, therefore it's technically British, even though it's badged and labelled as Italian. Raymond, it's made. put us out of the, our misery. What are you drinking tonight? So I, I just came back from dinner with the family. So uh, I already had lots of drinks. Well, Diet Coke, of course. Um, and and had my uh, dessert and coffee. So I'm, I'm sticking with tap water. Can you drink tap water where you come from? Yeah. So yeah. I always thought in, in Europe you, you you could never drink water out the tap because it always tasted like salt. No, no. Apparently in in the Netherlands it, we have one of the highest quality of tap water. Yeah, 
Mm, very good. Very good. And, and so what we what do we do with it? We flush our toilet with it. Water water with tap water. Yeah. So technically you're saying you can actually drink toilet water. You could. Do you? No. Well, as long as it's just out of not the from the toilet, the but yeah. <laughs> not with the little biscuits floating floating around and things. Yeah. Little morsels of goodness. So Some, uh, sometimes it sometimes it looks a little bit yellowish like beer, but then I don't drink it anymore. It's like yellow uh, snow. Don't eat the yellow snow. And on that note, uh, so swapping to our first topic, uh, Ryan, you've got a new uh, a new car. You got all that all all that sales engineer money, and you decided the what old money? one wasn't good enough for you. Money. We don't get paid any money as sales engineers, honestly. I've got no idea. Oh yeah, I decided that I would treat myself to a new car. It also came to the point where the car I had, which was a 2008 Seat Leon, I've had it for a number of years now. It was completely dropping to bits. Um, the exhaust was held on by metal ties that I put on because the exhaust hanger had fell off and I couldn't be bothered to get it done. So. Uh, put some metal hang metal ties around it, which kept it held up, which was great. Did the job. Um, it would struggle to start at times. Um, I think the alternator was on its way out. Um, and it had this awesome two tone color on the car. Um, it was a limited edition by Seat. So if you've seen that model, have you seen it? Is that the one where it's one color and then rust on the, the rest of it? That's exactly it. So it's silver on the top and then rust on the sills. It was absolutely horrible. In fact, Al, I think you've been in that car once, haven't you? I have. And you survived? Just. He was too drunk to remember. When was I in that car? Oh, can you not remember when we went to that pub? In the... What? Me and you ended up in a pub? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, it was a couple of years ago. I remember that, actually. Was that the yeah. car you picked us up in? Yeah. I don't remember. All I remember is that um, weird car that I never knew existed. It begins with an X or, or something. It's a, a manufacturer I'd never know. Affinity? Affinity? Affinity or something? Infinity, did yeah. Did I pick you up in that car? Oh, that was my previous car. The Infinity Q30 that I had. I, don't even, I never even knew there was such a manufacturer of cars called Infinity. Ooh. I, nice. Yeah, so it's it's Nissan's luxury brand, like uh, Toyota has Lexus, and Ooh, which luxury. is Ooh, coincidentally, see. it's 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 Nissan's luxury brand, which is coincidentally owned by Daimler, who own Mercedes. So you're saying you were driving a Mercedes? No, I am now driving a Volvo. That is what I'm doing. Ooh, I, Volvo is a nice car, mate. Family I, car. You know what? I have admired Volvos for many many years. Never bought one, and. You know, I knew about the car going on its way out and things, and I thought it's probably about time I probably bought a new car. And I just happened to be looking around online and used a well-known dealership in the UK and just kind of scrolling through their stock and just saw it. And I didn't test drive it. I didn't go and look at it. In fact, the car was nearly 300 miles away from me. And I paid the deposit. And I bought the car. Hallelujah. Just Thursday afternoon, three o'clock, seen it and bought it. Just mate, you're living the dream. I mean, you no. literally lead an exciting life, the one Honestly, I really just... want to lead. 
Honestly, Thursday afternoons, buying cars, Volvos. Oh my god! Yeah. Did, did you have to leave your kidney uh, on the way out, or? <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a decent amount of money. Um, I think so. It's a two-year-old XE60. Um, it's the Momentum edition, which is very, very nice. So it's got uh, full wheel drive, four-wheel drive. All-wheel uh, drive, it's called. Not four-wheel drive, it's AWD, isn't it? Well, it's got four wheels, so... So it means the steering wheel is turning as well? It means, but it means all-wheel drive. It's a new thing. Rather than four-wheel drive, they say all-wheel drive. because well, they That makes it really hard to steer. That's the thing is going around as well. Like all the wheels, including the steering wheel, drive. Spare wheel. Yeah. Everything, yeah. everything. That one just, like, just spins in the trunk constantly. Yeah. That's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> But what's really good is the electric tailgate. So I'm not ashamed to admit that I've never had a car that's had an electric tailgate before. So that's awesome. You mean so you uh, didn't have to go to Volvo for that? That my wife has one under Subaru. Yeah, you know, Subarus aren't really a popular brand here in the UK. Really? They are if you want to be a rally driver. Yeah. So if you yeah. want an Impreza and you want a rally car, what all the the chavs drive, then. Yeah, I guess we're, they're a popular brand on that front. But nobody says, oh, I'm going out to buy a Subaru Forester or something like that. Nobody nobody does that. Nope. Interesting. They're incredibly popular. So Northeast U.S., Northwest U.S., just with the all-wheel drive, anywhere with, where there's snow. Uh, I mean, you hit Vermont in the U.S. that it's it's four out of five cars on, on the road are Subarus when you're, you're trudging through snow. Hmm. What's well, amazing how many seen... Volvos I noticed now that I've got one. I never really, you know, driving on the road, you never really notice them. But now that I've got they're one, everyone's got one. They're like arseholes. Everyone's got one. I've I've not seen a Subaru actually on the road for years. Never noticed one. And I didn't even realize that that was a manufacturer of a car until I watched, um, uh, what's it called? Um, the Grand Tour on Amazon, which is the Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond. Oh, did you watch the latest one? I did, yes, and that was know. where they drove to Scandinavia, you know, Finland, Norway, Sweden, and whatnot. That was a very funny episode um, as well. But one of them was driving Subaru Impreza, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I remember those cars when they had that front grille um, kind of air vent thing, and it did look Impreza. pretty cool and spectacular, and they were touted as the next best thing in rival to the Cosworths. Do you remember the uh, RS Cosworths? Yeah. Where they were the big thing for the boy racers, and then Subaru Impreza's kind of – came in the WRS, XRB, XTV, whatever the latter in was. Um, but I'm thinking I'd never heard of them or could remember them until that program came on. Yeah, in the US, Subaru is a big brand, but I, I, there isn't, it's not a big thing over in the UK anymore. It doesn't feel like. Yeah, not even in Europe either, I would have said. Really? I, yeah, so I know, I know they're big in Australia, but I'm, I'm actually looking at your at the Subaru UK website and you basically just have the Outback and then what the XV estate and the Forester and that's it. So we've got, we've got quite a few like sedan options, um, the Impreza sedan, um, legacy sedan, um, the, um, what is it? The, the XV Crosstrek and, and a few others. So it looks like they've, they've put some money into the U S market and just haven't really into in the UK. Uh, but but uh, Australia gets the LaForge, so it's like a WRX wagon kind of thing. I think, I mean, I, I must admit, this is genuinely the best car I've ever driven. 
it is so nice um i don't know it's <clears throat> so bearing in mind i never test drove this car i never <laughs> literally just bought it bought it blind went and, picked, went and picked it up 300 miles away and drove it back home that's so you knew the price you put down a deposit you showed up you signed the paperwork and you were gone um yeah no, um that's fantastic that's exactly what i did um very well, I think you can get away with it if you buy a Volvo. You probably wouldn't do that if it was a Fiat. Or a Ford. Yeah, yeah probably not. Um, or a French car, probably not. Yep. Um, in fact, I would never buy a French car. No. Nope. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was good. Um, it took me about an half an hour, 45 minutes, to figure out the infotainment system. Um, it's got a lot on there. Now, I bought it. Obviously, I would have known this if I test drove it. When I bought it, the advert said Apple CarPlay compatible. And that was one of the things that I wanted when I was looking for a new car because the Leon that I had had Apple CarPlay because I fitted the aftermarket screen in and things like that. So it was great. Um, so I picked it up, plugged the phone in. And yeah, it was uh, not installed. So I was looking around for the owner's manual and I thought, oh, they haven't put the owner's manual in the car to discover that they don't do owner's manual anymore. It's actually on the infotainment screen. So you swipe from the top down, like an Android, like Android style. You tap owner's manual. And then it's like an interactive guide. So you can drag the car around, spin it around, touch certain points of the image, and it brings up uh, the, the information that you need. So I figured out and it said, oh, if it's not installed, you have to contact Volvo. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow or something when I drove home. So I, I rang Volvo and I said, oh, can I come in to have it installed? I went, yes, of course you can. Would you like to come in tomorrow? I says, yeah, that would be great. And yes, that'll be £300 plus VAT. <laughs> what? Yeah, swear to God. For a software update? Yeah. Oh, but hang on. You you can pay like $15,000 for a freaking software update, allowing your car to self-drive with a certain brand. Well, I would never do that, personally. But, yeah, £300 plus VAT um, to, to have it upgraded to the latest version. Which, I'd you know, stupidly... I'd be... Imagine if you had to pay that to do, you know, AP upgrades and uh, controller upgrades or, uh, you know, just saying. Oh, I, imagine. Don't you? Well, you know, I'm an absolute idiot and I paid it anyway, so I'd be pissed about it, but like ah, that's that's worthwhile. Like it, it is worthwhile. <laughs> um although so it's got the, the heads up display. Um so you get the the speedo and the uh a turn by turn instructions on, on the nav and things like that. Which is great. It doesn't, it doesn't work, with, work with Apple CarPlay. It, yeah, it's just the factory navigation that, that now goes I've got there. Now I've got Apple CarPlay on the on the portrait screen, which which is beautiful, by the way, It's very very nice. Um, but now I don't have the turn by turn instructions, so I've gained I'm one amazed. thing and lost another. I I'm yeah, so that's basing your car purchase based upon in car entertainment options. Well, yes, on the basis that I spend a lot of time in the car. I love Apple CarPlay because what if you had an Android phone, not an Apple phone? Well, you can get uh, most of them support Android Auto too. But that didn't cost three hundred dollars. Well, no, because the what? software to run both costs three hundred dollars. 
Uh, yes. So actually, uh, Volvo's new, the corporate infotainment. So across all of their line, it's a vertical, like portrait, large screen, Tesla-esque, um, but it's a, it's actually behind the scenes running running Android. Um, it's a it's uh, Google Auto, I think is what is what they're referred to as. So it's it's uh, Google OS. So same thing, uh, same thing on the Polestar, which is a Volvo brand. Uh, basically, anything that they've launched after Geely bought Volvo from Ford um, and have their their new setup um, is running Android. So I'm suspecting that that's actually included, and you just had to pay extra after a certain year for uh, for the CarPlay. I suspect that's exactly what's happened. So yeah, yeah like an idiot, I paid it anyway. Just, and, just uh, use your phone. Well, I can use my phone, right? But the problem is, like, if I want to use, if I want to swap from Spotify to Audible or something like that, I've got to pick up my phone and lock it whilst driving, which I don't do, obviously. And then I've got to navigate and, and put that on, and then that then uses Bluetooth and casts to the car, right? Why would I want to do that? I can use the phone. I can use the screen. Like I would use my phone and launch the applications. I can listen to the text messages as they come in. Can re reply to the text messages as they come in. I mean, for Christ's sake, I can even respond to Teams messages now on Apple CarPlay. Like, I, yeah, car. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I'm a I'm a firm believer, but but that both CarPlay and Android Auto are are great safety features because it gives you this limited version of your phone, still allows you to interact um, and with voice, and has a consistent user experience, vehicle to vehicle to vehicle. Um, so particularly when when uh, cars are doing wildly different infotainment systems and you're you're jumping from one to the other, that consistent experience is is super handy to have. And I think is uh, is a nice safety bonus. Yeah, but I do I do like the infotainment system as it is. So I haven't actually got the upgrade yet. I've got to wait to uh, to go to Volvo and get it done. Um, but um, I'm using it with Bluetooth at the moment. Um, yeah, it, it's it's pretty good. Other than the the annoyance of having to get out my phone and, and and change everything. But yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Um, I had some issues with the with the navigation though. Um. So it has all the maps loaded. You can go in and selectively download which regions you want to download. But when I was putting the things like the postcode, which is <coughs> the US equivalent of a zip code, I guess, our postcodes will literally take you to a street. Yeah, so you don't have to put the full street name or anything. You just put the postcode in. It wasn't recognizing the postcodes that I was putting in. Um, I don't know why. So I would do like for argument's sake, any thirty one, one, then I would get ready to press the two letters afterwards, and then I would press them, and it wouldn't come up, but it would come up with one AA or one AB, but not the ah, one that I wanted. Ah yes, I know what you mean. Which, as a as a Volvo owner, I understand that pain. Oh, so so you you've got the same problem. I had this, so I, I also had the XC60 previously before I changed cars and I had the same issue because it's almost like it doesn't recognize a space option when you type in the, so if you type in a postcode, so obviously we have two letters and then it can be one number or two numbers. If yeah. it's one number, it's it's a mess because if you type any one, it assumes that there could be a zero all the way up to nine because any representing the city of Newcastle, which is quite big. Um, and if you just wanted to put the one number in, and then you wanted to put the space in to then put the rest of the three other characters that make up the rest of the postcode. It was a nightmare because it didn't really 
make it obvious how to jump to the next set of characters that you needed to type in. So the other option you had was basically, okay, it's preloaded any one, one AA, and then you just literally have to go, well, I'm looking for seven um, WX. And you think, oh, great. <laughs> so you've got to scroll all the way through the alphabet A all the way to yeah. AZ and then B, BZ, and then all the numbers as well. It was an absolute nightmare. I get your pain, right? Which, I understand. Which is why you want to use CarPlay because all of the auto manufacturers are shit at software because of stuff like that. Yeah, well, since, since that's, I don't know why, but I drove to Manchester yesterday and I put the postcode in to work first time. Literally just so M user error. AZ, just bang. Sounds like, I, I, sounds I, I, like I a know. user error, personally. Uh, previous attempts would have been not Volvo's software issue, but probably the driver, just saying. Possibly. But other than that, the car has been beautiful. Genuinely really, really nice. So comfortable. Just, I love it's it. It's the wrong car, Ryan. It's a combustion engine in a day and age when you yeah, really well, need to you know think what? about kind getting of... e-models, right, Chris? I don't particularly care about that at this point in time. Well, you should. But... The environment... It's all about the environment. The snow caps are melting, the water levels are rising, and then Raymond's not going to have a snow home caps. anymore because he's going to get flooded. No, 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 no. Hang, hang on. I, I live at, at the highest, yeah, one well. of the highest points in the Netherlands. So if if the sea level does rise, it just means I live Raymond's, close to the ocean. Yeah, Raymond's going to gain a fantastic moat. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what it's going to be? Literally, literally have a swimming pool and the beach literally outside your at the back of your garden. Yeah, now I need to drive like two hours to get to the ocean. And so if the sea levels rise five meters or something like that, then it's probably half an hour. <laughs> can, I'm okay with you that. Could, you could row to work, can't you? <laughs> probably. <laughs> so that's what you need. We need we need e-cars. We need Teslas. And we need old model E's, don't we, Chris? We do. And uh, w with that fantastic segue, um, <laughs> we'll shift into our next topic. Uh, <laughs> so some news from um, Inside EVs. Uh, so they were at a, a recent Ford dealer event. Uh, Ford has announced that they're splitting themselves into three different arms. Uh, Ford Blue Oval, which is for their hybrid and regular vehicles. Ford Pro for their professional stuff like the um, the 350, 450, 550, and and any of like the the cab only models, and then Ford Model E for all of their fully electric models. Uh, and then Ford has given dealers uh, three different options if they want to be a Model E dealer for all of the electric vehicles. Um, they can become Model E Elite certified. They can be mom become Model E certified, or they cannot sell any vehicles from. Uh, electric vehicles from Ford until 2027. Um, so if they want to be a Model E Elite dealer, they have to install two high-powered DC fast chargers and a level two charging station, uh, offer at least one DC fast charger for public use, uh, and then a bunch of training and certifications. If they want to be Model E certified, um, they get one DC fast charger. That has to be available for public use. But um, if they only go that route, uh, they will get a hard cap on the number of electric vehicles that they get allocated for every year. It will be the same number of electric vehicles allocated regardless of the size of the dealership. So um, a Model E certified dealer uh, that is not elite, uh, if you're talking the largest dealer in California that has that certification versus the smallest dealer in Kansas, 
um, that they are going to get the same number of electric vehicle allocations. Um, their third option is to fully give up selling electric vehicles from Ford, effective January 1st, 2024. Uh, they'll have the option in 2025 to opt back into the certification, uh, and they'll be allowed to start selling in 2027. Uh, so some relatively big news from Ford uh, with the with this Model E strategy change, the biggest of which uh, they'll have to agree to transparent, non-negotiable pricing available online. So if you want to sell an electric vehicle as a Ford dealer, the entire transaction has to be capable of being done online, including home delivery. Uh, so that's a that is a big change for a company like Ford. When did we ever? start selling and making adverts on the wireless podcast <laughs> i mean raven when did we start selling our souls here i mean sorry my, my uh mighty ford f-150 lightning in the dealership or in the uh in the driveway uh so you've got one that must be the payment for it no i don't I, i've got no interest i think the only th the only thing from ford right now that i'm interested in uh in grabbing is the the ford maverick but uh you can't order those anyway. All the all the ordering is locked out. But uh, no, I think it's so it's electric vehicles. So it's tech news. And then this change to online pricing, set pricing online. You can have it. You can order it online. You can have it delivered to your home for a company like Ford. That's that's a big change for a, a very old brand um, out there. And I think it's I think it's major news. But why this online transparency forcing that on the dealers so ford has a new ceo uh as of 2020 he is the uh, jim farley he's the former ceo of ford europe um and he's been very public in his uh dislike of some of the dealer shenanigans during the chip shortage and uh and inventory shortages um, so there's been a lot of dealers and a lot of stories about dealers that, that have been, um, doing markups well in excess of $5,000 over MSRP, um, dealers that are putting in orders for customers, setting a price, the order shows up in their inventory. And then the dealer turns around and says, Hey, it's $5,000 more. If you don't want to pay that, it, someone's going to walk in and they'll pay that for, um, so we'll, we'll just take that order from you. Um, so this seems to be his way of, of reigning in the dealers, trying to make a more consistent experience across the footprint. Um, and, and he's been, he's been very vocal about his dislike of this. So it might just be a CEO saying the right things, but, uh, um, it's a new CEO and this seems to be a big change for Ford. So, uh, overall, I think it's a, it's a good move. There goes the traditional salesperson's ethos it where. Yeah, you know we can't complain about them anymore if we're just ordering online and it's all kind of fair and square and competitive. I mean, you want to be able to go in and complain to say, "I've just been sold a dud," and uh, all they do is kind of rinse you for as much money as you can. And you know, sales com salesmen compete with each other. They tell you what you want to hear. I mean, we love to complain as Brits about car salesmen, right? They're right up there with, I don't know. Um, Vegetable salesman. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> are, are you going in and negotiating the price on your vegetables? <laughs> of course I am. I'm, I'm walking into my local supermarket, Tesco's or Asda, and going, hey, this bag of carrots ain't 45 pence, mate. I'm only paying 40. Yeah, well, probably will. The, the Dutch are, 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 of course, known for their 
entrepreneurship. Uh, but if something's over like 500 euros, then I'll probably see if I can negotiate somewhere. And and I'm not asking for a discount, but maybe add an extra or an option or yeah. I, yeah. So to be clear, you still have room for negotiation here. It's just that that they can't um, if there is a price listed online and you walk in the dealer, that that is the price that they give you. There's no like adding on. There's no all right online. It's listed at twenty seven thousand, and if you walk in the dealer and ask for a price, it's no longer twenty eight thousand. Um, so if if you see a price online and you want that car. Um, you can walk into the dealer and have it for that price that's online. It's it's about it's not necessarily about the negotiation. It's about the transparency of pricing. But you can do that by walking into a dealership. There'll be the number will be in the windscreen, right? This is the price of the vehicle. That shouldn't ever change, surely. I mean, you're not going to pay anything more than what it's advertised for, even in a car window, right? I, no, that's the dealer markups. Yes, you. they absolutely are. They're adding markups over the MSRP that's listed on that window sticker. And that's the problem here. Uh, but does that, it matter whether it's done online or whether it's done in the window of the car is what I'm saying. Is it common well, practice? Uh, yes. So if you've got, uh, if, if a dealer has listings online, a lot of them right now are just call for pricing um, or it, it's listed at a specific price online and you show up and say, well, we don't have that one, but we have this one instead. And this is a different cost and it's $2,000 more than that. Um, Ooh, th th so trying to that seems to be what Ford is trying to solve for here. Do you think, do you think they'll succeed? Do you think others that, will copy and follow their lead? Well, so I think they're trying to compete with Tesla and that that sort of full online, here's the price put down your deposit and um, when it gets into manufacturing and it shows up, that's the price that you pay. Uh, I think that's what they're trying to get. And and there's a lot of people that don't like that back and forth with a salesperson. So I, I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, do you want an e-car being American? You know, you love your gas guzzlers out there and your V12s and your V8s and, you know, the kind of, you know, 10 to the gallon, five to the gallon. Uh, currently, I don't. What's a gallon? I, I, I mean, yeah. a, lot, a lot of gas. <laughs> uh, yeah, so currently I don't. I, I see ourselves in the, the next five, six years ending up with, with one electric vehicle and, and one gas vehicle. Uh, my wife drives a lot more than I do, so I could see her having the electric for jumping around and then having one vehicle for, like, we go camping and, and uh, take road trips and stuff. So um, until the... Of it, yeah, at the minute. And here's why. Electric cars, I mean, I've sat in a Tesla, I've driven, driven a Tesla... And they are phenomenal. They're like go-karts, especially the uh, Tesla 3. Honestly, they're just like 0 to 60. You know, it's like a G-force. It's horrible. It's so quick. Um, and they're minimalistic. And I love them. I think they're really, really cool. But do you know what I don't like about them? Is that it almost feels like I have to pre-plan any long journey with an electric vehicle because there are so many petrol forecourts around the UK that you're always within a mile or two or five miles of just driving to one to fill up your vehicle instant combustion engine kicks in with the fuel and you can kind of drive another 300 miles plus to where you need to kind of keep going with an electric car it worries me that i have to make sure that where i'm heading to if i'm going beyond the maximum range of the battery that i stop somewhere charge it making sure that there's charging point particularly free for me to use not 
doesn't matter about the cost, but available because there's not very many charging points, even in service stations and even petrol stations. For me, it puts me off getting a full electric vehicle, even though I, I want to be an eco warrior. <laughs> I want to save the world and I want to make sure that Raymond still has to drive two hours to go to the beach rather than 30 minutes, you know? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, thinking of you, Raymond, you know, I, I know how you like to listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff in the car. So, you know, you, you need more than half an hour, but my problem is this, it, it, that's the issue. What puts me off buying a full electric as well, like the hybrid versions to give me the, the petrol um, contingency so that I can still get to where I need to get to. Um, what are your thoughts? Is it different over in Europe and mainland Europe? Where... Yeah, very much so. Um, well, at least in the Netherlands, we have a, like every gas station, almost at least near the highway, has a electric uh, uh, loading opportunity. Um, and and like if you go to any major city, uh, every uh, parking lot will have one. The streets will have at least one or two spots like so there's massive amounts of uh, loading opportunities here in the Netherlands uh, it, but that's the Netherlands we we always try to be the the best in class probably or something like that but if I go somewhere else if I wanted to go let's say take a trip to uh, to Paris uh, then I would really have to plan my journey and see okay well which stations are am I able to charge and and so then it becomes a little bit more stressful but then again, you can plan those. And if you've driven two hours with two kids in the back, you're like, Daddy, I need to go to the toilet. And then, okay, park somewhere, charge it, have a cup of coffee. And, and then you continue your way again. So with those quick chargers, uh, my, my, my e-Golf is, is, has a 35 kilowatts battery. Um, and so it, it's charged for 80% or something like that in, in, from 0 to 80%. In, in 20 minutes and I never arrive at zero. So within 10, 15 minutes, I'm at 80% and I continue my, my journey again. It's just, just a cycle? different to Paris. Well, yeah, I mean, the Dutch have got cycle lanes and all sorts. They're brilliant for out there. Why don't you just cycle? Exactly. Everywhere? And exactly as I car? leave the country again, it's horrible. Oh, what you mean? There's no cycle lanes in Paris. No. Let's get a taxi then. Park your bike, lock it up somewhere, and jump in a taxi. Yeah. Get a taxi to Paris. But it, What's I it like in that's... the US then? What's it like I, in the so, US? Yeah. So, so there are, there? Yeah. There's a lot of Tesla charging stations uh, at a lot of the, the rest stops that are on the, the highway. Um, but beyond that, there's not a ton. So if your vehicle, it, it an electric car is in, it um, doesn't have the use case for everyone. There's a lot of people that if you're if you do long journeys, if you tow, if you go camping out into the middle of nowhere, and we have a lot of middle of nowhere in in the U.S., um, you know what? The electric vehicle is probably not for you. But if you're if your use case is that you commute 35 miles a day each way, you know what? That's a great case for an electric vehicle. You can just hop it up at home um, and and basically never have to hit a public charger um so it's it's also a lot easier if you if you're a two-car household where you can have one be electric and then another one be gas for your for your use cases that don't necessarily fit with the um with the electric and so the electric is also really fun and maintenance 
So mine is now five years old. And I think I've spent 600 euros. So there's also $600 in maintenance in those five years. I've never had to switch uh, brakes or replace brakes or any fluids or oils or they're, they're like insanely cheap in maintenance. You just have to get but lots it, of serial cables and HDMI cables to plug in. <laughs> Do diagnostics and tell me what's wrong. I mean, even that's kind of done on the screen and the Cypher card to tell you exactly that then gets fed back to, you know, HQ over a wireless signal to tell you. Yep. And you can even dial, download your diagnostics to your laptop or your app. I mean, that's where the technology is kind of going, isn't it? Well, that's it, that doesn't have to be an electric car. That that the gas cars all have telematic systems that the OnStar solutions or whatever that that have an app um, if you want to pay for it uh, from the from the dealers. And I'm sure they're pulling the, that data and selling it off anyway. Feels like to me that it's only recently been a thing. So I've obviously been driving cars, and and it's only this year that that service has actually been made available to me. Now it might be because I haven't bought a car for a number of years, and maybe it has been a thing. But to me, it just feels like it's brand new today that these combustion engine cars have now got that kind of, you know, uh, remote analytics that you can download to see how your vehicle is, you know, even tracking it via GPS, et cetera. But it was almost like a paid service. Now, most of these are starting to become free. But it feels like if you're going to buy a car, an e-car, you're pretty much buying software. You're not really buying the car. You're buying the actual kind of software element to it. So you, most people would assume that. When I, when I sit in a Tesla, it's like a big iPad screen and there's nothing else. That's it. That's pretty much it. There's none of these dials and sticks and and, nope. and knobs to twiddle and everything else. It is the minimalistic thing you'll ever see in a Tesla when people kind of get spooked out by that. And I think it's a cool concept. But for me, it's almost like, well, if I'm buying a fully electric car, I expect it to be everything that I would expect from an app, which means I get everything to, to the car in terms of diagnostic information. You know, I want telekinesis. <laughs> I want everything. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I want it to be that super duper kind of out there. And, and, and it just strikes me as funny that it's like, it's been available in, in software for, you know, old school cars, as you were petrol engines for so years, so many years, yet it's always been a premium service is, is what I felt like. Whereas I expect it to be the norm in an e-car. I guess that's just me being old and kind of, you know, stupid, but, but is that what the youngsters would yeah. expect as well? Do you expect it to be the norm and free? Well, the norm, yes. Free, it's debatable because I think that I think most people would assume that if you're going to buy an e-car, that that everything is just a iPad on a screen, which tells you the speed you're going at, where you want to go in terms of sat nav, um, you know, changing the music station playing from your phone or, or plugging in a flash card or a flash card did i say flash card i meant usb stick and being able to kind of stream your, your music that you download i mean who actually does that i mean people just stream directly you, you know you log into your spotify app on your screen and it just has a 4g signal that you might have to pay for and then you just connect and stream your music there's got to be so much more i think that the 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 e-cars will provide going forward that's more kind of geared around enticing you to log into your uh, sorry to, to purchase an e-car so that it's effectively you're logging into your phone again do, do you see where i'm kind of going with this that i think that with yeah but when you buy a petrol you're, car you've already got your phone and uh, i i would much prefer the setup where you plug your phone in and everything that's on your phone is now in your infotainment that that yeah. doesn't uh 
particularly, I mean, I, I travel a lot and rent a lot of cars. I don't want to log into all of my service on these rental cars. I just want to plug in my phone and have my preferences that are on my phone, my apps that are on my phone, just show up in the screen and have it ready to go without having to mess around with this terrible, terrible software implementation from every single car manufacturer under the sun. What if Apple made a car? You'd, you'd, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? That'd be the golden Well, you'd have to it, turn it cars? over to charge it. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean every year it starts to get slower? Yeah, with every update in the in the operating system, so that you'd have to trade your car in to get a faster one. Yeah, what, what would the ca- what would the camera bump look like on that car? Just like these three little protrusions from the front grille. And then, so what, what would I do with my Android? Well, you'd have to get a, a self driving Google car. Oh, okay. In there, wouldn't you? So that you could just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But Android Auto has the really cool setup where it yep. can run Android Auto on the phone alone. The car doesn't have to support that so that you get this little like car-friendly screen that shows up yep. on your phone directly. Um, and then you just Bluetooth to it and your phone is the screen. So if you've got an older car, Android Auto is the way to go. It's it's much better than CarPlay. Yeah, I don't and Android Auto even works in my 71 Beetle. Really? It's just a screen. I don't use, I don't, I don't, I'll be honest with you. When I get in a car, there's two things I use the car itself and the radio, or I stream music to it. I don't really do anything else other than maybe Bluetooth connection and I get a call come through, maybe talk. I don't really do anything else. I don't really feel like I've got time to do anything else um, you know, to the point where I need to have my phone connected so that I feel like I'm kind of, you know, in the matrix again but via my vehicle i just i I don't know if if i'm literally one of these people that is just becoming a technophobe even though i've been in you know technical kind of fields all my life um i don't know if i feel like it's it's like um my phone originally when the iphone first came out i was like who the hell wants to have emails and who the hell wants to have a camera on it when all you really want to do is like send a message and answer a call and play snake you without my phone in place make yeah but now i can't be without my phone my phone has to have all of these super duper features maybe i just need to get used to this new kind of way of interacting with my car maybe i've got the wrong car maybe it's not interactive enough i yeah i mean if you want to if you want to listen to the pubcast in your car like you've got to you've got to interact with your phone in order to do that Uh, where if you've got like an uh carplay or an android auto it just shows up in your screen so what you're doing is you're saying that you've got to prepare to set your phone up ready for you to kind of listen to a podcast and sort of like make sure that you're connected and you press play on your Spotify playlist to scream the podcast versus when you plug it into air, what's it called? Airplay or auto carplay or, or yeah. It means that you can actually do this while you're driving to basically select what you want to do and have that action. Cause I never, I never yeah. use it. That's the God's honest truth. I've never used any of these features because I just, just, just don't see the need. I, I just drive and listen to music, and that's it. Or, or sat nav. That's about it. I don't really bother with trying to make sure that my car has to operate my phone. Is that me being weird, or is that just you two being extra weird? I don't know. Well, you're always weird, but yeah. I, no, I think that's I think that's ultimately <laughs> you being weird that that you've got you've got the phone you've got you're logged in already to all the apps on your phone. Why do you need to set them up again in your car? 
Yeah, with Apple CarPlay or Google Auto, you just plug in the cable, and then the screen just moves from your phone to your 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 car screen. So That's what it. What apps do you get then within Apple CarPlay and all that stuff that is different to what you would if you just stopped, pulled over, and used your phone? What do you get? Well, so you can use Google Maps or Apple Maps, depending on your preference, uh, and you can use both of those or ways. Um, you can use all of those on CarPlay um, if you've got Spotify or Apple Music or what is Pandora. I don't know that anyone uses Pandora anymore, but but it's it's there as well. Uh, right. And you so can you can customize. Now. What about Slack? The, no, uh, no I don't believe. So. No, it's it's limited. So it's a limited set of features. Sky so you, you're not get you don't get distracted. Banking. Oh, so what's the point then? You don't have to touch so, your phone anymore. Are you going down the road with just your your phone up in front of you? Alan on Tinder all the time? Yeah, Alan's like driving. Grinder. <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guess I'm just kind of asking what is the limitations or the kind of subset of features that it would give you. I, I suppose they're geared around it's, apps that are more useful yeah, for you to use that isn't actually going to be taxing on your time to distract you obviously clearly from driving as well yeah it's 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 focused around um navigation audio media and basic messaging yeah basic so messaging the, basic messaging so yeah so so you're not doing like business slack or email that's coming through it's your text so, messages that come through and you can respond with audio so iMessage, if it was Apple, that would come through, and a text message as well, but not WhatsApp uh, or any other types of apps. That no, what's, WhatsApp, does. WhatsApp does. Telegram does. in a limited fashion. I've had some issues with Telegram, um, but uh, I believe Signal is supported as well. Um, but it, it's the it's the not mostly the not business focused. Yeah, so no, not no team. But I sound like a. A kind of a, a, a an old man asking these questions about things I should already know. <laughs> uh, uh, Raymond's gonna get a call later, be like, "How do I hook this up to my car?" Yeah, I'll show you in Prague. But what happens when the software gets better in a car? So what happens when you don't actually need to plug in your phone anymore? The software eventually catches up. Do you think it will, or do you think that um, the phone will always be one step ahead, and everyone will prefer to make sure that their phone integrates well? And well, the, the, the software company just says, right, we'll just adapt, we'll adopt more apps within the, the in-car feature set as opposed to providing you a limited set or having to develop the actual apps within the native software of the, of the car. I mean, well, the, whole it's in the car's best interest to give it, give it natively, right? Because that means that you're going to buy that car to support it potentially, no? Uh, no, the whole point of, of CarPlay and Android Auto is that the processing is happening on your phone and your phone yeah. is the the hardware that's getting upgraded. So if you've got a six-year-old car or a seven-year-old car or an eight-year-old car, that hardware doesn't get up updated. So I've got a great CarPlay experience on my 2016 Golf because it's my phone that's doing the processing on everything that's that's in there. Um, as long as it's a decent software implementation and they provided a decent responsive screen um, that what happens you... when the car no longer supports the version of the phone you're using and you have to go and get yourself a new car. I mean, isn't that what happens? Like TVs well, but that... get out of date and they stop supporting the apps and then you have That's to what you just proposed, that, that, that they were having a native experience in the car. You run into the exact same issue, but if the processing is happening on the phone, it is a much delayed problem versus your native solution. Interesting. And you can always keep an old 
phone around. It's cheaper than keeping an old car around. Absolutely. It is. I agree with that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm probably going to go, not now because I've had a beer, but in the morning, I'm going to go into town because I have to go and get myself an outfit for a black tie event. And I don't know Ooh. what to wear. Um, I think I need a black tie. I think it's a giveaway. But anyway, I'm going to go get myself a, a tux and a bow tie. I'll send you pictures because I, I know you love to see me all dressed up, guys. And then I'm going to get in the car and I'm actually going to see if I've actually got a CarPlay feature and then actually see if I, I could make use of it. Because I'll be honest with you, straight up, I've never, ever saw the need for me to bother with that because all I've done is ever got in a car um, and just use the options on the vehicle, such as sat-nav, radio, and uh, or my phone's connected. And yeah, I'll probably use my phone to kind of skip tracks or use the in-car um, knobs and whatnot to, you know, switch between different, you know, brass tracks or, or, or wham tracks or you know, that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But I've never used it before. I've never, I've never felt the need. But I, and here's the thing: when I when I have connected to my phone to say rentals and stuff, you always sometimes get prompted if you want to support airplay or carplay or, or whatever it is called. And, and I've always gone, hell no. What the hell is this shit? Yeah, next time, do, do. Maybe I should. Do you know what? I will. Do you know what? I'll report back in the next episode. So, are you renting a car in Prague? God, no. <laughs> I won't be sober enough to drive the bloody thing. <laughs> it's going to be quizzing the Uber driver on, on the infotainment. <laughs> yeah. Can I plug my phone in, please? <laughs>